This is the run recap. Um, how was your how's your trip to Utah? Oh, wonderful. Yeah, it was just man, totally different. I don't know. Have you spent much time in the desert? No, not not actual deserts like that. You know, like in Spokane, we have dry weather. And, you know, like it is just dry here. And, um, yeah, like especially compared to where you live, like, you know, where you live or in Seattle area, like it hits 70 degrees with the humidity. 70 degrees is hot. You know, mm-hmm. if it hits 80, it's real hot over there. The 90 is nearly unbearable where you live. And then right, in Spokane, right. you're used to it, too, that like here. Yeah, 90s is pretty darn comfortable, but it's hot, you know, and then 100 is like, OK, we're in the, in the vicinity of unbearable. But you have yeah. that. Because there is still humidity in the air, though, the the how you feel the temperature fluctuations is drastically different down there than up here. So, really? yeah. So the, the heat just doesn't stay in the air itself. So basically during the day down there is like 60 degrees and sunny uh, mm-hmm. when and then it was it dropped right about freezing at night because, again, there's just no humidity to keep the heat in the air. So, uh, say you'd get up in the morning, it'd pop up to around 60 pretty quick. And if the sun was on you, it was hot, like really, really hot. And then if you were in the shade at all, you were freezing. So, so getting used to that, to where, yeah, it was something else because it was just so dry. And, um, yeah, so that was funny. The other funny thing about it too, was, um, because, you know, down there, they're also, you know, they're used to 120 degrees. And so 120 degrees, they stay inside, but they're acclimated, of course, to 120 degrees. So it drops down to 60. They're bundled up. And, uh, you know, I'm, of course, out there running shirtless in short shorts because, like, because <laughs> I'm roasting, you know. <laughs> Some people are looking at me funny while I'm running trails out there. But I did have oh, one yeah. of the best, one of the most enjoyable runs I've had in a long time. Uh, I just went out, I had like, well, first of all, we just were active nonstop. So climbing, mountain biking, running, we just kind of explored everything outside and the rock features down there were so much fun and cool. And like the rock climbing was amazing. And, um, but anyway, so I got an afternoon where I just like had a lot of time. So I'm just going to go, you know, I found a trail on a map. I'm just going to go explore out here and check out some climbing areas I wanted to check out too. So anyway, so I went like seven and a half miles and ran for an hour and a half and just kind of like it, doing the exploring run, which so no, you know, basically I'm just fast hiking. You know, I just want to check out these other places. Running's a great way to get there. I can still get my run in, but I have no time constraint to it at all. I don't care how fast I go, you know, nothing. So you could just go, oh, this little section of trail is really fun to go fast over. This section, eh, it's like really nasty sand and there's kind of cool rocks over here. So I'm going to hike up over there, check out those rocks for a little bit. And um, anyway, really enjoyable. I spent years doing only that when I was trying to not be competitive. Right. Um, yeah. I remember that. For, yeah, for about 10 years. Um, you know, it would, so then what I would do is I'd just go, I'd go on hiking runs. So you know, go out and, you know, run to the next spot, climb around on something, run to the next spot, keep no track of what time I'm doing. You know, basically it's just a way to stay healthy, get my mind in the right spot and just, you know, go out and get moving and that's it. Right. And, um, anyway, so I don't do that very often anymore. Cause I always have these goals that I'm shooting for, but going into winter, I don't have anything. I'm, you know, I'm just trying to be in shape for snowboarding and come out of winter in good shape. And, uh, so I'm just maintaining right now is really all the goal is and, and get a little more well-rounded shape, you know, so I'm gonna do a lot of lifting through the winter and stuff too. But anyway, so it was just nice to go out and get a run in just for the pure pleasure of 
being outside and exploring stuff and, you know, stop and climb on some stuff and then, um, yeah, get back to running around. You know, you see like a big, a big peak up over here. I'm like, I want to see what's up there, see what the view is, you know? So I just ran yeah. up there just to see what's up there. And anyway, it was, I enjoyed that more than I've enjoyed anything in a long time, just by myself out cruising around exploring. It was a blast. I love how you say you're just in like maintenance mode and like preparing for snowboard and yet you have a half coming up next weekend or this coming weekend. Yeah, but it's, it, it's a pancake run. So, <laughs> so, so there's not timed and uh, fleet feet is oh, putting on where, where you're running from the Valley fleet feet to the downtown fleet feet. And it's uh basically a half marathon. And uh, I don't know the exact, I assume it's not exactly, you know, uh, a half, but uh yeah, so I do have that on Friday, which will be so nice after, you know, Thanksgiving has so much no movement in it that uh, it'll be really nice to the next day to get out and, you know, go run for an hour and a half. And uh, so, nothing yeah. Going on except for a half marathon in three days. Yeah, that, that's all. Just... <laughs> no, my goal for this one, though, is my goal is to uh, run at a pace to where I want pancakes when I'm done. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, because they're serving pancakes afterwards, and if I push myself at all, I'm not gonna be able to eat for hours. So I'm gonna, I want it. I don't want to go so slow that I hurt my knees or anything. Like still getting a nice, you know, enjoyable run pace. Right. But uh, you know, so I'm gonna keep it around. You know, keep it moving. But uh, I also I want to be hungry. <laughs> so running down there in the desert. I know you weren't doing like real runs. You're just kind of you know exploring. But do you notice much of a different running in like real desert like that? You know, I thought the dry air and stuff would, would do something, but it didn't really at all. Like, no, it was just, but also I wasn't pushing either. So, yeah. you know, hard to say. I was just cruising around. But um, yeah, but I didn't notice anything with that. And then really low elevation because we were at like a thousand feet there. Oh, interesting. So, yeah. So, yeah, as you drive down there, it's crazy because you're in, as you go through Utah, you're around like Salt Lake is, um, I think they're around 4,500 feet maybe 5,000 something like that so right. that's pretty high elevation there and from Salt Lake you just you know you go through that and then you stay at a kind of a plateau there and then you just go downhill for a while and basically you drop 3,000 feet in the last little bit so you're going from it being pretty cold and you just watch the temperature raise over the course of about a 30 minute drive <laughs> as you're wow. going down into the desert so yeah just a drastic difference there and yeah, and totally, you know, all of a sudden the trees go away and the rocks turn red. And yeah, it's it's a really quick change. That's funny because when I think of uh, Utah, I think of elevation. I think of Salt Lake City. I think of, you know, being high, but I don't I don't really think of it in that way that it's low and and really deserty. Well, and we were 20 minutes out of Arizona. So it's just, you know, so it's it's down there a ways when where we went. We drove a thousand miles. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, but it was, yeah, it was wonderful. I would not mind having a place there to spend, uh, you know, those nasty fall months. I'd love to spend them there. That would be so nice. Oh, yeah. Wait till the snow flies up here, then come back up. Yeah, having a space where you can get out and like, mm -hmm. it's got to be, got to be amazing. Got to be a great dream. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I had a thought with, uh, with um, something we had talked about previously that I wanted to bounce off you because I think this is a spot where um, I have some practical observations and then you have some real knowledge and I'd love to bounce these things off you a little bit and uh, you know which is I think is where we thrive the most is where I can say hey I've experienced yeah. this what the heck's going on okay 
So um, in one of our previous podcasts, we talked about uh, uh, you lightly touched on on running and its relation to burning fat. And and I know distance running is often people use it as or think about it as a shortcut to just decrease their, you know, okay, that's lots of cardio burns fat, right? Like if I, the more I move, the more calories I burn, the more fat I burn, the skinnier I get, right? right. And I don't think the calculation is that simple. And in my personal experience, I've, I've observed it being different than that. So first of all, um, am I onto something there with saying that that's not quite right? Yeah, it's not quite right at all. So, um, so I'm going to describe what I observed and then, and then help me out here. <laughs> so Perfect. what I observed <laughs> in my own body was if I'm just running and I'm running a ton, I do get really thin. Um, so my, my overall size shrinks, but I don't get really cut, you know? So I still have, I have layers over things. Even in high school, I didn't have a very defined, um, you know, my ab muscles were not very defined, even though I was doing tons of sit-ups and tons and tons of running. They were, I was just not that defined for, you know, being actually right now, I'd say it was defined compared to what I can do now, but you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was six, you're already, you know, you're already pretty defined there, but not to where I thought it would be for the, you know, I'm working out four or five hours a day and, and never got that cut. I did get teeny, you know, we've like 135 pounds, but, um, but didn't get that. So what I, and then I've experienced more recently is with lifting, all of a sudden my body just gets rid of the fat, like any of those outer layers of fat went away quickly if I combine the two. And so I think what's happening is the longer distances you run, your body is maintaining fat. Is that, is that accurate? Yeah. I mean, it's not, not only maintaining, you're training it to hold on to it. So distance runners are notorious for having skinny fat bodies. Mm -hmm. you know, they're, they're thin, but they are a little soft, like you're describing because the further you go, the more energy expenditure you do, you're using up all of your glucose, your fast acting energy source, and you're going into your your fat stores. And so your body is basically collecting more and more fat stores, but it still needs to run efficiently. So it's not making you obese. It's burning off everything it can. It's burning off even excess muscle that you don't need. You know, so it's mm -hmm. not like it's not eating into your muscle as if like you're deteriorating and you know, you know, no strength left. It's just, it's just shaving off the muscle mass that you don't need to perform what you're doing and adding then uh, fat where it can to pull on when all of your glucose stores are gone. Now, is there a certain time frame of cardio where you're burning? Basically, actually, so carbs seem to burn in different ways depending on what kind of carbs are in your body. And that, that's what it seems to me. I might be totally off, but it seems to me like if I eat fruit, for instance, um, that gives me energy for about you know five or ten minutes. Yeah, I'll well, fruit, fruit is going to be a way more. Um, it, the, the sugars are going to be re more readily available, and so you are going to get them. Um, faster versus something that you have to digest and has to break down and has to extract the sugars out of the food. So for instance, like a, like a carbo, a, what people traditionally think of as carbohydrates, like a, um, uh, like bread or grains or, you know, that kind of stuff, it will <laughs> take longer to extract the glucose out of it. Um, oh, okay. and that, so, makes, that makes sense. 
Yeah, so you might have something. That, I mean, that's where the term um, carbo-loading came from. Like, you're not going to mm-hmm. carbo-load with fruit. You're going to carbo-load with bread and pasta. You know? And if you were to add fruit to it, that'd be the morning of. Yeah, right before, you know, but that's yeah. not going to really, for a distance run, it's not really going to do you that much good from an energy standpoint. You know, it might be do a little something just kind of get you going, waking you up, but from a distance runner's perspective, it's not going to help in the duration of the run. How how long before you would, it, actually, I guess that, that you probably can't really answer that because it probably depends on how many carbs are in your system, but you know, how long until you burn through those carbs and then your body's saying, oh, good, thank thank God I got these fat storages I can tap into. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it really depends on the person and the type of run and, um, and, yeah, and what you have built up. There's no, like, specific time frame, but if you are on a a very high-carbohydrate diet, you know, where you eat a a lot of grains and starches and whatnot, then you might take longer to burn through those but if you don't have that much and you're on a you know rather like a a traditional diet which is like kind of your macros your your fat and your protein and your carbs are all kind of even uh, Mm -hmm. as far as the ratio goes then you might burn through a little bit faster than someone on high and then if you're on a more of a protein heavy diet you're going to burn through them really fast but if you're on a protein heavy diet your body is going to be used to burning through them fast and so it's going to go to those other sources of energy quicker um okay so it's not going to be as much of an issue um so if someone wanted to be like let's say later on when i start training for my when i start training for a full marathon you know so at some point I want to shoot for a full marathon under three hours right. and that's going to be a huge feat. I'm going to spend probably maybe a couple of years, you know, working on that. Yeah. Um, when I do that, should I not purposely try to lower fat content? Should I just kind of let my body do what it does? And is, if it keeps a little extra fat on there, should I see that as that's helping me attain the goal? Or is there other ways to get energy there? Um, you know, basically, should I see that as a good thing? Yeah. So, that? so you you do not want if you're going into any distance running, even the distance running that you're currently doing. You know, you're doing uh, what I what I consider over seven miles. You mm-hmm. really don't want to be concerned with how you look. Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of that's going to negate any goals you have or any um, uh, any progress you get by being concerned with your body fat percent because. Mm-hmm. If you look at the top athletes, um, depending upon their discipline, they're not super cut. Some of them are, depending upon what they're doing, but for the most part. And some of those guys are really tall and lean, so they're going to look cut no matter what because everything's just stretched out so it, far. It you know, really you're, you're depends not, like, on... the, the best guys in the world, you know, yeah, <laughs> tend exactly. to just be really long, so it's going to look different on them. When it depends on, like, literally the sport and the discipline within the sport and their body type, depends on. Uh, how they, how their body is going to fit and reveal its muscle and, and all that kind of stuff. So uh, if you're for a distance runner, you really want to be efficient with what your body, the energy your body needs to use and having it readily available. So, I mean, there is specific protocols on what, I am not someone to talk about this, honestly, but there's specific protocols that you would do for intentionally having the correct amount of energy for a marathon or a half marathon 
Um, mm-hmm. I'm I'm not I'm not experienced in those specific areas, but my my philosophy for the most part is eat what you need. So mm-hmm. always gravitate gravitate towards as clean of foods as you can and whole foods as much as you can. And for a distance runner specifically, we're only we're not talking about fat loss. We're just talking about a distance runner right. performing. Uh, mm-hmm. Eat whatever you want to eat within those parameters eat as clean as possible try not to eat junk food try not to eat candy and all all the all the things let's assume that you don't do that eat whatever and whenever and and start right there now day of is going to be totally different but if we're talking about training and just making sure yeah. that you're you have fuel sources then yeah over the course of that year and a half or whatever you know let's say it takes two years to really get mm-hmm. machine where it's focused on really really long distances for two years mm-hmm. um that will drastically change, you know, what, you know, anyone's body's doing at that point. Right. And your uh, body will find that the most efficient way to utilize uh, those energy sources and also store on your body what it needs to, to perform if you mm-hmm. within the training plan. So like your, your composition is just going to be what your composition has to be. Sure. You know what I mean? So in that and time, it's good to kind of ignore that. Yeah. And specifically for <laughs> longer distances, half plus, you're going to want to, you know, not be aggressive with uh, trying to gain a lot of size, muscular mm-hmm. size. You know, you don't want to be doing, um, you know, five by fives or five by tens of exercises in the gym because it's going to be counterproductive to try to put on bulk for that type of a distance. But you also, well, at least I, let me let me rephrase because you could actually still do strength plans like that just fine you just wouldn't want to be doing weight where you're pushing yourself into that failure state that's going to break down the muscle to that degree. You could still do mm. by five or five by 10, uh, you know, a back squat or something, but you'd want the weight to be like 80%. You know, you sure. want to be going 95%. You're really getting super sore the next day, trying, especially because you're going to have a food uh, surplus. And so your muscles are going to be craving, um, that that rebuild they're going to be using all that surplus to rebuild and rebuild bigger and potentially bigger depending on your body type and mm-hmm. so that's that's kind of the the it but back to my my original point was for distance specifically you just you just eat just eat food when you want to eat food and as long as you're not giving yourself a ton of sugar or crap or junk food it, uh, you're going to crave what you need when you need it so here's the other part that I find really complicated in just the way our food is currently, yeah. where um, it's hard to find good food and especially mm. carbs. You know, so I do feel best if I eat mostly meat and I eat um, and a lot of fruit. Yeah. Like that is where I feel really, really good. I don't feel bloated ever. My body seems to like just like that, mm-hmm. and probably a little higher on the sugar end, especially fruit sugar. I still feel really good, but you know, I can get away with um, a lot of really crappy sugar too, and still not bloat and still feel pretty good. I'm probably burning through things pretty quickly so I can get away with some stuff there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think my body's also just used to it. And um, so, and yeah, and even more so like uh, anyone that knows me knows that like uh, McDonald's quarter pounder, I feel great after that. <laughs> <laughs> so it tricks me into thinking like this must be good for me because i feel good and there i am probably getting some things my body needs out of it regardless of how crappy parts of that are for you for sure you know that's not 
not the highest quality meat in there, but mm -hmm. um, by any means, and probably a lot of soy. So that's probably, you know, I know they use soy as fillers yeah. on some of the meat. And so anyway, there's all kinds of things that are probably counteracting some stuff. But um, I don't know how to eat car outside of fruit. I don't know how to eat clean carbs. So what, what, do you, what would you do there in order to make sure you're getting enough carbs and it not just be just garbage for you? So it depends on how, what you feel you need and how you want to classify a carbohydrate because a carbohydrate is in a lot of things. A carbohydrate is in, um, is in lettuce. You know, it's in spinach, it's in um, fruit, it's in, you know, like there, there are carbs kind of all over the place. If we're talking traditionally consider carbs, you know, breads and that kind of stuff, then you just, it's, you got to be that annoying person in the store that grabs a loaf of bread and you look at the ingredients. Mm -hmm. What it is, is it, is it using, uh, what type of flour is it using? Is it using enriched flour? Enriched flour is going to be filled with a ton of junk that you don't want in your body um fortified flour same thing you're not wanting any of that stuff so like my if you're if you're a person that like you know for me I, I i'm not i'm not the greatest source on this to be honest or resource on this because i am like you but more so you know i don't eat breads or grains because no matter the quality they just eh, they just don't feel that great and i notice the effects of i notice myself gain weight very quickly when I eat it. Yeah, well, I had spaghetti last night and I feel horrible today, you know. <laughs> so, I made it to the gym this morning and, you know, I wasn't actually heavier, but I sure felt a lot yeah. heavier. Oh, yeah. And it was a lot harder to move. And yeah, it's like, well, I don't really want this in my system. As much as that's like notoriously carbo load, you know, you go eat, you know, pounds of spaghetti the night before a run. Um, seems like a horrible idea to me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that I am mindset. not really well <laughs> Dude, yeah. And that mindset is so like unfounded now like that was like a mindset from back in like the 70s that mm -hmm. that has continued to now but there, there's no research that supports it in fact there's tons of research that that says to not do it i mean like the carbo loading is not actually effective because your body can only hold on to so much for so long so a carbo loading you're just going to <laughs> you're just going to shit it out <laughs> and you're going to yeah. move on you know so well and that that is so you know there's so many things where uh we get told things i mean over the years i mean how many times have we heard this thing's good for you and then 10 years later it's not good for you and we've finally been alive enough now alive long enough now to where you know you and i have seen that go back and forth well, you know, how many times has salt been good and bad for you? You know, I think I've seen it at least three or four times. I don't know which it is now, you know, but, you know, they go through these cycles. And once you start to recognize the cycles, you realize, oh, any, all nutrition stuff, it feels like, okay, they're all lying to you probably for different motives or they just don't know or the current science is saying this. But in 10 years, the current science, science will then contradict that. And so I feel like nutrition is a place where, either there's um there's a lot of motives in order to give you information that's not true so they can sell for some products mm -hmm. or we just don't actually know that much the final piece to that though that i think that i'm hoping that we're actually starting to understand here is that um everyone's body's a little bit different and so we have this you know science says oh this thing's good for you or this thing's bad for you and um, I think for some people it is, and for some people it isn't. And I think that I'm hoping that 
what we're actually discovering here is we all need to learn what our bodies need and that all is a little bit different you know somewhat based on like the thing that was popular a few years back with you know the eating for your blood type i think was a good path down that road and i, I feel like i've seen some things since then to say that that's not yeah it's true-ish but not you know not really what you should base everything off of but it can it can be a roadmap to the right spot and but i think that directionally has been a good thing to say that um you know your body might need more of this your body might process this process this really good and another body might might do this other thing here and maybe eventually we can do full blood work that would actually help you for your specific body this is the diet that's going to work best for you and um, anyway that's kind of what i think i'm seeing um, but you're more involved in that stuff. Is that, do you, do you think that that's accurate? I got, I got many thoughts on this. So yeah, there, it's, it's hard to know where you want to start <laughs> that, that in depth and complicated. So first one, I'll, I'll start with, I a hundred percent believe that it's dependent upon uh, the person and what they can handle and what they can do. Some people can get away with a lot of things that other people can't get away with. Um, but within that, there are things that we know just aren't good for you. So if you, it, regardless of what your, your mindset of, of how you should eat, you know, uh, vegetarian or carnivore or whatever, those are the extremes, right? But if you lean towards one of those, we all know that eating as clean and natural and whole of a food as possible is the way to go. Right. That's that is equivocally the number one way to have a better, to feel better and perform better um, and live longer is eat real foods that come out of the ground as close to your house as possible. You know, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. like that is for sure is just how you live better. Now, within that, I pers- my personal views are that people need to focus on their meat consumption first and foremost mm-hmm. they need to get increase the proteins and um, stop being scared of red meat and, and all these type of things but I also have a trainer that's been you know plant-based for the past couple of years and it seems to be working for him I'm still skeptical as to how long that's going to work for him <laughs> you know uh, yeah what well, I researched that I've read and experts I follow but I know some people that do, you know, really, really fish heavy and it works really well for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, with the fish, that though, of... with the fish, you got to be careful of what type of fish you're doing because if you do, like you have go Tony Robbins route and I forget what it was, it was salmon or something, but he was doing a ton of one type of fish because that's what was good for you and he got mercury poisoning. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like you, you need a well-rounded well, well-rounded to an extreme, you can't just focus on one thing exclusively and just eat that all the time. But, um, but then within that, there I think there's a couple of factors from what you were saying earlier. One, the medical community is just not taught a lot of nutrition, and so they right. they know what they have been taught in very small doses. But it's like you know, if you go to traditional doctors, they are a medical doctor they study medicine right how the mm-hmm. body responds to medicine you know so it's they're trying to cover you know every facet of the human body in you know eight years of schooling and 
Yeah, it's not really fair to think one person can really know, you know, really be in depth on all of these facets, especially for your your normal doctor, you know, your your general practitioner, right? They have to have this really broad knowledge, you know, and uh, because they have to handle every person that walks through the door with all of their different things. And so, yeah, to really know dietary things, well, that would be one small part of all the things they deal with. Totally. And and that's just, uh, yeah, that's not a knock on any doctor. That's just the nature of their studies don't really mm-hmm. pertain to that unless they seek it out themselves independently. And then you have nutritionists. But the problem with, well, not all, obviously, but the problem with um, registered dietitians and, nu- and nutritionists is oftentimes, depending upon what schooling they went to, it is very, very outdated with things that we, like, for instance, you brought up like uh, like eggs. Like people used to think that eggs are terrible for you, and that you should only eat the white egg, uh, the the white part of the egg. You shouldn't eat the right. Egg. It's the old guys' question and all this nonsense. That was debunked thirty years ago. Mm-hmm. And so, but you still have certain nutritionists still spouting that you should only have egg whites and you shouldn't have a lot of eggs because they're bad for you. And it's like, well, no, that's not that's not true anymore. So, so I think that's where it also gets complicated. You have you have food companies trying to sell you a product so they're just trying to be their company so they're just trying to be profitable sure yeah they're, they're doing what they're supposed to do that's that is what they're made for but that unfortunately means that the average person has to be way more knowledgeable about the foods that they're eating and what they're putting in the body and what it does and that does get complicated you know because we have all these things that we grew up on and are marketed towards us because they're in a box and it's like oh but this says organic and healthy you're you're always sending me these, this guy on Instagram that uh, rebrands like Reese's peanut butter cups and stuff to make it's it amazing, healthy. isn't it? Oh, it's great! It's hilarious it's, because yeah. that's exactly what all of the foods are. Like they're it's organic cereal. No, it's just sugar cereal. It's just I don't remember the guy's name, but if anyone's listening to this and you want to find that, just message me and I'll I'll send you a link to it because okay. this guy is incredible. He did candy corns. Yeah, and, candy corns were hilarious. <laughs> and the amazing thing is, is he's not he's not lying. He's not twisting anything. He's like, no, no. This, you can brand it this way. And I'm saying these things. So, for instance, uh, candy corns uh, do not have any. Um, um, no, they only have natural sweetener. So they yeah. use honey to sweeten it, and it is natural. So they can put no artificial sweeteners because there actually aren't any in there. So you see no artificial sweeteners and you change the colors of it and all that stuff and all of a sudden your brain gets tricked into this thing of like oh this is health food no it's candy corns it's like the worst candy no one even <laughs> you know <laughs> and all of a sudden you're like, oh a healthy snack i could use some sugar but i want to have it a healthy one and so i'm going to get these candy corns because they're basically corn and honey right you know it's not there's no corn in it you know no. and, yeah oh, but he yeah he can so read that he, he exactly... read coke to do the same thing and it was just amazing <laughs> yes yeah the coke one was great too but it's, yeah but essentially it's that we walk through a store and we see a ton of things that are branded to make it look like they're healthy especially with the increased awareness of, of being healthy and it's just not so if you if you look at the back of a box and you don't know what you're looking at and what things are then it's you you just don't know what you're doing you know for instance recently there was a, a big thing where uh, the brand oatly it's like it's an oat milk which Mm-hmm. There's a whole ton of nonsense, but they um, <laughs> they changed. They didn't change. They um, you have canola oil, and canola oil is, is not great for you. And mm-hmm. they they didn't use the term canola oil. They used what it actually is, which is um, 
it's rapeseed oil. So it's right. There's another word in that that I can't remember how many word is, but it's you know processed rapeseed oil or something. And so they use that, so they didn't have to say canola oil, but it's the same thing. It's just the actual derivation of canola oil. That being said, if we called it rapeseed oil, maybe people would also use less of it. Apparently not, because it people were doesn't like, oh, seem very really appetizing. <laughs> yeah, but they're they were all good. Apparently, they were, that that was a good fix for them. So really, you know, so it's it's one of those things that you depending upon how deep you want to get into it, it can get it can get very complicated. But also, it doesn't have to be like mm-hmm. if you want to lose weight, or you know, if we go back to the body fat uh, thing, uh, <laughs> generally the most efficient way to lose body fat is through diet, not through exercise. Mm-hmm. It's 80% food and 20% exercise. Um, obviously, distance running, you are burning so many calories that a lot of them can get away with dropping their overall size down. But sure. Your body fat percentage might not go down depending upon who you are and your specific experience. But in general, if you just eat real food, if you go to the store and you eat, you know, vegetables and you eat some meat and you have some fruit, you'll be fine. You don't really need well, much more than that. And I think what um, a frustrating thing that I, I feel like I watch happen here um, that I've experienced is that uh, also depending on what food you're eating, um, you can feel like I need to eat less and then you have to cut yourself off while you're still hungry. And I'm sure depending on different people's experience that might be that might be true um you know that wherever you're at and stuff that might be something you need to do but that can lead down some difficult roads to where you're not like actually feeling yourself get full i'm still feeling this you know i still have hunger pangs and um but i have to stop because my calorie counter said right here i gotta stop and um i feel like there's two tricks that i've experienced and and that might not be very relevant for everybody but for those that that do operate like me and again check me here because this is just again personal experience based on no knowledge so right. <laughs> but what i have experienced is first of all when i am eating really good so if i'm eating fruit and meat and that's it where i feel best at that um i find that i actually can't eat very much so mm-hmm. i'll get full way sooner and i don't want any more of that food you know yeah. compared to like Man, every time I have spaghetti, it's hard. I do actually, I have to cut myself off hungry when it, when I eat spaghetti because I know I actually eat way more than my, bo- than my body actually can handle here. And it's lying to me when it's saying it's still hungry. It's not telling the truth. So I need to assume that feeling that I have right now isn't real. Just walk away for an hour and you'll realize that like, no, you were full that whole time, you no, know? And, and dude, thing, things like that, like like pasta and grains and, and, and rice, they, as someone can explain, it's way better than I can, but mm-hmm. they actually trigger your body to want more of that. So right. That's it has totally nothing to do with satiation or feeling full or needing nutrients or anything. It is that food literally telling your body, I want more of this regardless of how much I've had. That's why people right. stop themselves. And, and when I say people, I mean me. <laughs> right right yeah no I, I experience the same thing and luckily i just don't like food very much so it's a little bit easier for me to cut that off you know to where like so okay much. i'm gonna stop right here because food generally speaking food doesn't feel that good to me to begin with and it doesn't taste that i you know nothing really tastes that great to me anyway so yeah. so i do have that's 
way easier for me than the average person just because of that's just the way i've made so um so it's not something there the the other thing though that i watched happen last year was that once i added lifting heavy to my distance running um i definitely there's no way i wasn't burning way more um calories like way more and so it almost like my body just decided like it 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 changed a thing to where all of a sudden that um well man my body fat content went down to almost nothing you know <laughs> it just got and, and it was just you know, as far as how well it's probably in some of the best shape i've been in since high school and uh you know and it just it just felt great and almost couldn't eat enough and it didn't matter what i ate like my body just burnt through everything and i was giving it all the food i could and the and the only tweak there was so I was still doing my running. I was very consistent on it last year too, better than it was this year. But you know, but still probably running like four days a week. And I was also in the gym about four days a week. Yeah. And that and and I did notice specifically I was focusing on on the lower rep side. So like probably like five to ten reps per set, and like three mm-hmm. sets of things, and yeah. then going on and going to failure most days and just changing the, what, what part of the body I was doing. And so that was kind of the routine I was going through. And, um, and so I wasn't even lifting for a very long period of time because it doesn't take long to destroy yourself with that many, you know, with not that many reps and that many sets. So doing that, but I did watch my body change, my appetite changed and man, I burnt through everything I could put in it. And, um, yeah, so, um, so that's the other, yeah. So that's the other part of that that I see is like, okay, well, one thing with diet, so I can, you know, of course, eat less of the nasty food and then, you know, eat more of the better food and that. But also then as soon as I added that to it, like it didn't, it, my body should respond in a way that it didn't matter what I was eating. You know, I went a week of eating mostly mac and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking fat loss. Lifting is going to be very important you know, for, for burning body fat, but it's not going to replace a dietary change. Sure. So depending on what your goals are. So if your goals, if, you know, for someone that wants to run because they do want to get thinner, first of all, running will do that. You will get smaller Mm -hmm. because, and you will lose weight probably depending on where you started. I know for me, no matter what shape I'm in, the more miles I put in, the lighter I get, I don't necessarily get more cut, but I do get lighter. But also, and you would, um, depending upon if you if you were specific about the miles and mm. other things you did. So if you did, if you did, even with high mileage, you added extremely fast days. They're using a different type of energy consumption. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You actually would get cut. Okay, because yeah, you're that using sense. a different energy source versus just the long, steady state energy source. Right. So the idea that like, okay, I'm going to do an hour and a half of cardio every day because I want to get thinner and I want to get cut. Eh, not necessarily going to do that because your body's going to say, whoa, hang on. We now have to conserve energy like the best we possibly can. Exactly. And so it's just going to keep holding on to excess. Actually, I guess so the picture in my head is that um, a long distance running, it would get just two different types of efficiencies mm-hmm. is long distance running causes you to be efficient like a like a prius so you're efficient at going a long ways without using very much gas and you just look terrible so <laughs> you look terrible 
and you're really annoying to run behind. Exactly. Yep, that's it. You nailed it. Because <laughs> the dark, I have never, I've never driven down the road and had a Prius in front of me and it been a good time. Nope, never. No, every time. And so, sorry, if you're listening to this and you drive a Prius, um, you know, no, do better. Yeah. <laughs> We'd all appreciate it if you do better. There are other ways to get good gas mileage. That's there not is. the good one. If you made that there choice, and maybe driving school's in order. <laughs> so that's. <laughs> but um, but there's that type of efficiency, right? So you're efficient by um, by making your body so it'll burn as little as possible to go as far as possible. And it's going to store, it's going to hang on to things so that you can do this because you just told your body that we're going to do cardio for an hour and a half every day. Like we're going to run that. And it says, okay, cool. I'm going to make it work for you for that. And I'm going to make sure I have the energy stored here to do that. And fat is energy. Mm -hmm. So you might get smaller or lighter, but it's still going to stay there. Then there's a other type of efficient where a V8 engine is really efficient at burning gas, <laughs> right? Yeah, so it's yeah, a different yeah. type of efficiency. And so that's where I felt like what I watched happen is like, okay, when I added in strength training, I traded in my Prius engine for a V8 engine. And all mm -hmm. of a sudden my body said, no, I can burn calories quick and well and fast, you know? And so, um, and so that is where then it built muscles really well and it, um, and I lost a lot of fat because it was like, no, now I'm good at burning these calories and turn and and you turning energy to muscles. Yeah, I mean, really, the analogy you're looking for is you want to be a hybrid. You want to be you want to be a really really powerful hybrid. You want to uh, be able to get up and go fast and have lots of power, but then cruise as efficiently as possible when the time. But not the Prius hybrid, right? Like that you want no. the Porsche hybrid. Exactly. <laughs> We're using both engines for, for power and speed, not for. Uh... <laughs> well, yeah, uh, might not be no a good analogy there. Well, I'm no just trying to argue that the Prius can. No one's going to argue that Prius. So I think we're okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, I mean that's that's the the general. It's it can people get very lost in where how do I phrase it people get really lost in in doing the thing right okay well, what's the optimal way to do this thing um, that everyone else is also doing and they're doing it a different way okay so I need to mimic them to make sure I'm doing it that way and I want to look this way and I want to have a six pack but I also want to build around a marathon but I also want to be able to lift 400 pounds of the back squat I also want you know like they have almost too many goals and at the end of the day they just want to feel good you just described me exactly, except for the last feel-good part. That's low on the list. <laughs> so, I, <laughs> But can I, I just perform to... awesome in every yeah. way <laughs> all at the same time? <laughs> and, and, you know, my perspective might be a little skewed because I've, I've done a fair, you know, I've done a fair amount of those things and I don't care to do them again. So it's like, okay, I did it, done. Um, sure. But I also try to come back to, when it comes to exercise, um, I, I come back to the the not the short term goal. What is the long term goal? Um, <laughs> and I mean, let's let's be real. I'm as vain as anybody out there. So I want to look good and and want to eat correctly to make sure I look a certain way as much as. Possible. But we all try to. We all talk like I want to get in shape because I want to do these cool things, right? And yes, that is yeah. absolutely true. And that is 
a huge driving force. You know, I also want to look in the mirror and be happy with what I see too. You know, that is definitely for me, probably 50% of the drive there. Depending upon the day, it's a hundred percent. If we're honest, right. There are days. Just, I just want to look cool. (laughs) Exactly. No, for real. But at the same time, if I'm really honest with myself and, I, I always come back to my long-term goal. What? Why do I exercise? Because I don't like being in the gym for that long. It's not fun. Um, it's it's work. Work's not fun, right? Mm-hmm. Putting, putting your body under stress isn't always enjoyable. Love mm-hmm. hate relationship. But so at the so, end of the so, day, but the most most of the time it's not. Yeah, of course. You, I learned <laughs> to love portions of it, but I still would rather not if I didn't have to. Um, mm-hmm. So when it comes down to it, what do I want to accomplish? What I want to accomplish is I want to do all the things I enjoy doing for as long as humanly possible. So I want to be, I want to be able to, my activities are going to change, but I want to be able to snowboard or skateboard or run or jump off things or play mm-hmm. essentially when I'm however long I can, 80, 90, right. 100, 120, whatever, you know, like whatever that age is, I want to make sure I'm strong enough to do it. And so when it comes to exercise, it just comes back to that. Like, okay, well, I might have little short-term goals here and there, but at the end of the day, I just want to be able to move. And so I try to shorten it up for a lot of people or, or simplify it. Because um, my, if you take that concept and you simplify it down even further, well, what does that mean? It means be able to get up, so squat, push yourself, pull yourself, and run. Mm-hmm. So if you are trying to, when people get complicated, trying to do all these different ways of exercising and trying to, um, you know, have these all specific goals, I have to do this and this and this. It's like, well, well, no, formulate your workouts to push something, pull something, squat something, and then run. Mm-hmm. And then you just covered how to live a life. Now, um, you follow this more than I do, so you might see more. But I keep seeing things like, I mean, have you seen the videos of uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. out there doing like push-ups and chin-ups and stuff like that? And the guy's in his 70s and just ripped. Yeah, I think I saw a couple. Yeah, he looks pretty good. Yeah, and then there's a number of guys like that, you know, in in their, you know, in their 70s, really having what would have been considered a really good 45-year-old body, mm-hmm. uh, you know, 20 years ago. Yeah. And uh, I get curious. Okay, what are you seeing here on the top end of that of someone still looking really fit, agile, and what you just consider not eight, not because they're eight, just flat out. That guy's in super good shape. And uh, how old are you seeing people do that now? Man, I don't, I don't know. I actually don't really pay attention to it that much. Um, but barring injuries, you know, and if your food is right and you're active and you're still lifting, you know, into lifting until you literally can't anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, As far as age goes, I don't see why you can't always look good. I mean, that's, I don't know. I don't really pay attention to the, the, what people are looking like as they get older. Um, I'm not really in that world of it, but for me and my goals, like, well, I don't see why I can't do that into my eighties, nineties. Yeah. I will. I just keep seeing it. Right looking yeah we'll find out you know and that's kind of the fun experiment here we can see what yeah. we can do but um and what goes into well when i was talking to steve on his podcast he was asking you know what what's the drive why are you doing this and and some of and a lot of my drive right now is it has been for a while 
is being scared of i mean i even remember feeling this when i was like 15 years old you know of like man i only got like five years left to be super active like this you know because <laughs> i get in my 20s and you know those guys slow down you know and then later it's like well and who in their 30s is still really pushing it's like oh your body's clearly and people always tell you that too like you peak at 26 and then it's all over you know and and i took that to be real and uh and so then it caused like a lot of depression for me real honestly when i was younger because okay but i love doing this stuff and you're saying i only got a couple more years and then i can't do this anymore you know yeah. and um, and people just because their life and stuff a, a large majority of people do have to stop doing the activities they're doing because life changes interests change you know mm -hmm. just decisions and it's been wonderful to see that like that's not necessarily or not not only not necessarily true it's full-on not true you know that we can keep going way longer and now what i'm going through you know now i'm in my 40s i'm thinking man do i still maybe have 40 years left of being able to like actually take some pretty good impact and you know being real sign i'm seeing these guys in their 70s that like they clearly can seriously outlift me you know like yeah, right they're looking strong i'd love to be in that kind of shape right now <laughs> you yeah. know I see that man I, I'm excited to find out really and, and kind of watch these guys going ahead of us that are pushing those limits into their you know 60s 70s and seeing okay what happens you know they're they're at least like that many you know so right now I feel like okay if I stay real consistent I really work at it and I you know keep my diet good and I stay you know just stay maintaining well here that um that I right now I feel like okay well I've got 30 years left for sure you know yeah and uh, but man do i maybe have 40 do i maybe have 50 more years you know mm -hmm. can we is that gonna be pushing to where all of a sudden 90s are we gonna stay in shape to all of a sudden we just die one day <laughs> instead of having this <laughs> instead of having this like slow deterioration maybe we don't have to deteriorate like that maybe we just go and then it's like okay well now my time's done yeah and uh, kind of the dream actually that i mean that's what i would love right and i'd rather go sooner and and not have those those deterioration years mm -hmm. you know or maybe there's something special about those you know and i'm just yeah. young and stupid and so i'm looking at those of like oh that looks horrible but actually people are enjoying like oh now i can like watch other people do things i can watch my grandkids and all that stuff and like that that's that's so special that this other part is not even important anymore and i'm just being 40 so i don't know that yet you know <laughs> just well, we're, all, we're all young and stupid in some in some capacity hopefully we stay there right <laughs> well the, the exciting thing about about the current health trend is like across the board is is exactly what you described earlier is when we were younger you didn't see anybody in their late 20s or 30s or 40s doing anything interesting at least it wasn't in our world i'm sure of course there were people out there but it wasn't maybe because of lack of social media or something but you never saw it like i remember having the goal of i want to be able to do a backflip I, I was like 19 18 or something i want to be able to do a backflip when i'm 30 years old and to me mm -hmm. i'm like well that's just at such an extravagant goal i don't know if that's going to be even possible physically because there was nobody in shape in my world like even mm -hmm. you know any coaches i was around like well you guys aren't in shape anymore and you know like you might have been a world-class athlete back in the day but you, you know you, you're not anymore and I saw nobody when we were going and jumping off things when we were you were in your early 20s I was in high school mm -hmm. anybody that we brought with us that were later 20s were it was like scary to have them there because I was worried they were going to hurt themselves because yeah 
And we are notorious for bringing people with us and hurting them. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> of course. But, like, the example was never there, you know? And then I did. Mm-hmm. I got to 30. And that's when the beginning of my back foot challenges um, on my birthday started. And I'm like, oh, I can do one. I can do 30 of these. I'm like, why, why would I stop now from this? This is sure. just a cake, you know? Like, And it's just gotten better. I, last year, my back foot, my birthday back foots were some of the best I've ever done. Like mm-hmm. they just got better and better. My technique improved. And, and so it's fun to see the awareness of doing things as you get older, improve, you know, the people can actually see that as inspiring, you know? And, yeah. And I don't know what other examples of, of older people though, that are super ripped. I mean, there's tons out there. I can't think of any on top of my head though. Yeah, there's quite a few. Well, and you got, you know, there's a few like famous ones, but yeah, you got like Robert Kennedy, you know, uh, Jocko. I think he's in his 60s, isn't he? Oh, or, you that. know, yeah, something like that. And yeah, and the guys, you know, you can lift a ton. And um, anyway, so I just feel like, yeah, on 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 my Instagram page, mine's just showing me like <laughs> old ripped guys all day long, you know? <laughs> it, it's just, you know, the algorithm is working, algorithm is working in your favor. And that one is just trying to motivate you. Like, look, you can do this. You can do it, David. <laughs> I do actually, I think about my algorithm on top of, you know, for things that I'll look at so that it's, uh, I want to twist it into showing me the positive things I do want to see all day that keep me motivated. And oh, so yeah. I purposely tried it. I mean, it's probably does it accidentally anyway, but I do consciously think, okay, how do I make this algorithm make sure it does the right thing? <laughs> and, uh, yeah and then there's certain social medias now that i stay completely off of because i'm like oh no that's not they're they're telling me just just nasty stuff like i don't want to see that at all that is just not help my day at all you know so i've got no my my instagram currently is dialed in where that just it's great it doesn't lock me in i can look at it for you know 10 15 minutes something like that like okay cool that was fun that's motivating ready to go let's go do something that's perfect that's how that's how it should be that's a healthy healthy relationship with it that's cool that we have that ability. Because remember a few years ago, that stuff was so addicting, and and you didn't really have control over what you were seeing, and it was and you just get locked into looking at pictures, and it was just dumb. But mm-hmm. you know, anyway, I feel like it's easier now to have a healthier relationship with it, yeah. at least for me. I don't know other people. Obviously, you know, <laughs> what their experience is. Yeah, everyone's yeah, gonna still have, here. Everyone's gonna have their own struggle. With yeah, exactly. But at least I got mine dialed in currently. Yeah, um, I just want to mention real quick that all the things we talked about fat loss and, and, and certain training perspectives and calorie burn, all that kind of thing. That was, we like skimmed the surface and overview of how in depth that stuff can be. So for the one or two people that ever listened to this, the great resource is going to be Andrew Huberman's podcast and then Gary Brecka's podcast, Gary Brecka's last name is spelled B R E C K. I haven't heard Gary's. Yeah, Andrew's is fascinating, though. I listen to his quite a bit. But they both go into the actual details of what's going on. So uh, th- those and guys that actually know what they're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because like I, I know you know a decent amount of what I'm talking about, but I can't get into mm-hmm. nearly the depth of science that they do on a daily basis. So those are, yeah. those are good resources for people that are um, making things easier for the average person. 
Um, well, and cool that we got guys like Huberman, Huberman that like puts things out like, hey, this is things we're currently studying, seeing right now. Yeah, exactly. You know, rather than seeing this, you know, dietary information and stuff like that that like could be 10, 20 years old, and may have been some, you know, part of some kind of ad campaign by the dairy industry. You know, yeah, and exactly. uh, but no, you got a guy. He's a scientist. He doesn't have any other skin in the game besides like, hey, here's the interesting thing we're figuring out right now, and. Right. Um, yeah, it's so cool that we have resources like that now. And uh, yeah, and on my end, I like to experiment with my own body here, you know? So it's oh. like, okay, well, I did this thing. I saw this happen. Yeah, That's what I know. Worked for me. Your body might be totally different. Well, but for but, me, real, I saw this happen. Yeah, and real honestly, I'll, I'll touch on that just real quick before we wrap it up. But like, that's that's how I got to the type of diet that I have is one from my own just natural education of, of reading lots of things, but also through 10 years of just trying things like okay well what if mm -hmm. i don't eat until this time of day okay that works pretty well i feel pretty good what if i cut this food out oh that feels even better what if i only eat these foods that feels even better what if i add this because i know i'm missing this nutrient oh i feel terrible okay mm -hmm. i need to find a different source of that nutrient somewhere else okay i found a different source now i feel really good again you know so like it's right pulling something in pulling something out so that now i know I know how to burn body fat super fast when I need to because sure. of, you know, 10 plus years of trial and error. But people don't have that much time. Often, right. You know, 10 years is a long time. But simply put, like, just go keep it simple. Eat, eat real food and you'll be just fine. Or and go find help from someone who knows what you're talking about. And the best way I ever did it, the 4 by 4 by 48 If you run four miles every four hours in 48 hours. Yeah. <laughs> That's you're gonna cut yes, you will. You will, my body was drastically different two days later that's <laughs> not even close to the same when you actually went into fat burning your fat bur your uh your fat source you it was it was scary yeah. to look at myself afterwards it was like this doesn't look anything like i did two days ago yeah you should have probably replenished your food a little more aggressively throughout <laughs> i had um a giant thing of mac and cheese just ready and i just downed a ton of it between every single run <laughs> you, sh you should have planned your food out a little bit better i'll go back to probably <laughs> <laughs> but man i was hallucinating mac and cheese while running you know like, like oh i yeah. can't wait to get back like i am seeing a bowl of it in front of me trying to get home in time you know in the middle of the night <laughs> yeah you just needed those carbs man. Um, yeah it was a great experience for that yeah. Wow. Um, okay. Well, I, I got to balance, uh, wrap it up, but you mentioned something on Steve's podcast recently that I, I think we should, we should chat about sooner than later since it's kind of fresh in my mind is okay. we need to talk about when we got stuck on that cliff. Okay. So which I, one are you thinking? Cause yeah. I did, when I was on Steve's, that was, I was by myself at the, Oh, you're thinking of, yes. The one at Riverside State Park. At Bowling Pitcher. Yeah. Man, you're gonna have to update me on. Well, actually, we should probably just do that live, and you know, talk about our climate different live. feelings. <laughs> no, we should talk about it. climate live. It's a new uh, thing we're doing. We're gonna raise some money. You know, get these temperatures down. <laughs> no, we should talk about that live and yeah. our two different experiences with their, our memories. Because oh, yeah, exactly. I bet I'll, because I don't think they line up, but I don't. I'm not, I'm not going to give you anything of what I remember from that no, right no, now. Because no, no. we'll, we'll go over it on the next yeah. one. But my, because my memory of it is very specific of what happened, and I yeah. know how accurate it is. But it's very clear. Okay, <laughs> and mine might not be very. Yeah, I'd actually forgotten about that one. The one Steve was talking about, I went out to 
that I mean, I was younger than that. I was like 15 mm-hmm. and I was out at the Indian head oh, and, gotcha. and just started climbing up <laughs> and then like, well, I can't go down, but I don't have anything going up. And I just kind of hung out there for a while Yeah. and then climbed down slowly. And, uh, yeah. And I did back, I did climb back down real slowly, but yeah, yeah that was, man, that one scared me good. Cause yeah, I was there for, yeah, a while <laughs> <laughs> and I had no clue what I was doing, you know, it's in my of course. Nike cross trainers, you yeah. know, and yeah, just being an idiot. Like I could have been dead in the woods and no one would have known for a while. Oh, yeah. No one even knew where I was, right, you know? Of course. Yeah. Right. Cause you, you know, that's how that went. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, geez. Okay, I got to wrap it up. Let's, uh, All we'll, right. we'll, we'll chat soon. Okay, sounds good. See ya.